0: Welcome to episode two of season two of Armchair Donkeys. We've got a great friend and teammate from the University of Colorado joining us on the show today. Terrence Wood was a cornerback in Boulder from 1997 to 2001. Now before we get into this week's games, T, you started your company before you go pro to help provide young football players with a playbook to navigate the business side of collegiate athletics. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: No, man, I appreciate uh, the intro, and it's a pleasure being with former teammates, Bobby P, my quarterback, and then, of course, Bo, somebody I've known since high school days uh, back in the Bay Area. So appreciate you, brothers, bringing me on. And uh, as far as before you go pro, man, truly a labor of love. This is, uh, you know, a for us, by us, built business. Um, There's certain parts of my career, my journey, I felt like I dropped the ball and don't want these young men to do the same thing. So we uh, mentor and we also do recruiting. Only high school and junior college football players. uh, We evaluate the boys on the front end. So, you know, we don't want any riffraff. We don't want anybody who's not serious. But if you are serious and you want to play at some level of college football, uh, we'd love to help you out. We work with people across the country. Uh, Very intimate business. We know your family background. We know uh, your goals. We know your fears. You know, we're getting after it with our boys. And uh, for me, the, the payoff is seeing them transition into life successfully. So our job isn't done until we see them transition into life successfully. Um, and they're not starting at the bottom after they hang up their cleats. So uh, we get to them in high school, um, you know, high school, junior college. We help you get to college, but we don't leave you once you get there. We're going to stay with you, make sure that you know the business of the game and help you scrape the plate.
0: And how has the NIL impacted what you do?
1: NIL is huge, man, because, uh, you know, people want dollars. You know, when they see people making money, they get interested. Um, You know, it's changed how the kids have to look at the business. In my mind, uh, everything that was taught at the pro level has to come a level lower now, Um, maybe even a level lower than that at the high school level, Uh, just as far as the business side, the opportunities, the risks. Um, being able to protect yourself uh, now, you know, fellas, when we were making a college decision, it was, who's the coach, what's the offense defense um, you know, how can you network me in the community now it's about uh, how much money I might be able to possibly make. And I was just talking to an offensive coordinator, uh, Cedric Cormier, someone we played with Houston Baptist. And he said, T uh, to be honest with you, man, if a kid is a four or a five-star recruit, he said, the conversation starts, you guys, with what type of car uh, you, you're going to wow. get me. If a kid is a four or five, like if he can go anywhere, he said, it's starting there. Um, wow. So that that's the times we're in.
0: Now, T, your grandfather, uh, Willie Wood, was an all-pro in the NFL who played for the great Vince Lombardi and won five Super Bowls with the Green Bay Packers. Can you tell us what kind of influence he had on your life path?
1: Yeah, man. Um, Huge because, and I didn't get to see my grandfather a lot growing up because he was so busy. You know, he was either going back to Green Bay for stuff. He had businesses. He was very busy, but, um, you know, it was a huge impact on me because I was nine years old when he got inducted. And I still remember to this day the whole family being pumped up about it. Um, my dad flying us all out there. My grandfather flying us all out there. Um, just to see the admiration that other people looked at him with, uh, and that was a major impression on me at a young age. So it was like after that, man, it was like, uh, and I've written a book and, and that's how the book starts is once I saw my grandfather have that gold blazer placed on his shoulders, I knew what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. You know, and uh, it takes you through the journey of uh, getting after it, you know, and, and obviously the things he knew filtered down to my dad. So my dad was like an in-house coach, you know, as far as uh, what, what we needed to do. Everything was strategic.
0: That's awesome.
1: We've got an awesome week of college football
0: ahead of us. Bob, you and Chez did well on your Northwestern call, and then I walked us right into a trap game on Hawaii I knew they were going to be bad. I knew it was going to be a rebuilding year for them, uh, but I didn't know they were going to give up nine yards of carry on the ground to Vandy. Wow! It's going to be a long season for the Rainbow Warriors this year. Let's get to uh, Friday night's game, Bob. We touched on it last week. This line opened at eight and a half points. The Buffs are now getting uh, 13 and a half at home in the opener against TCU. The over-under in this game is 50, uh, 55 and a half.
2: Yeah, guys, I'm I'm completely surprised that this game has gone to 13 and a half. I know the, the Buffs haven't shown a lot the last couple of years, but I and, know and a lot of people are high on TCU's offense. I mean, they got a new coach. They're coming to Boulder. It's 8 o'clock at night on a Friday, the first game of the year. I mean, we all know Folsom Field is going to be on fire for that. Yeah. And I do think that's going to you know help, help our Buffs out a lot. Um, hearing from our boy, McChesney, you know, he feels like the guys up front, the offensive line, are a lot improved from last year. You know, my question mark is still the back end in our secondary, and I think that's going to be the biggest challenge here, right, because of TCU's offense. Now, you know, Coach Durrell said he, he's, they've decided on a starter, but they're not going to name him. Um, in my personal opinion, I think it needs to be J.T. Shrout if we're going to win football games. Not, no offense to Brendan Lewis, but um, I also think with – Coach Sanford coming in and having this new offense, you know, they're going to be physical. They're going to run the ball. They're going to grind it out. They're going to try to keep our the Buffs offense on the field and TCU and any opposing team we play off the field. So um, I really, really like our Buffs at home. I mean, 13 and a half, two scores the first game of the year. Um, I just feel like I feel like the Buffs are improved. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to outright win this game on Friday night, but. But to take 13 and a half points, I feel really good about that.
1: T? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm right with Bobby. Uh, I think most people think of CU last year. They think of everybody they've lost in the transfer portal. They took some big hits. I think it was 20-plus players, some dogs that they lost in the portal. Um, obviously, we're, we're familiar with the program, so we do have some insight there. I think because it's the first game, I think because the home field advantage and knowing how Boulder can be rocking early in the season, I think that's what helps them keep it close. Um, it could kind of go either way. Something can happen late, you know, a late field goal or something that that kicks it over, or CU is going to keep it close. I think if they keep it under the, the point uh, total, you guys, uh, the minus 13, I think they'll have a chance to win. Yeah.
0: This, this this is how I see this thing shaping up, guys. Uh, Bob, you hit on it a little bit already. Uh, McChesney said that we're much improved on the offensive line. We got about six or seven guys who can play. We got a big kid from Alabama in the transfer portal. Uh, we got a wide receiver from Baylor to fill in for Brendan Rice. Yep. I actually think we're going to be okay on offense. I think no matter who it is, that starts with a little bit of time as you know bobby when you got a good offensive line in front of you it helps a lot at the quarterback position um this game to me if if cu's front seven and i'm including the tight ends in that if we can dominate the defensive uh front seven for tcu which i think we can and control the clock and help our defense out a little bit and and if our two redshirt freshmen starting cornerbacks can hold up against some uh, some really big, strong TCU physical wide receivers that they've got there. I think we've got a shot to not only cover but also a shot to win this game at plus three ninety. Because as you as you guys said, Folsom Field is going to be rocking on on Friday night.
1: Um, uh, some turnovers and stuff. Yeah, there's, yep. there's something special
2: about night games in Boulder, yep. and then you put it on a Friday. To kick night. Kick off the
1: season. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean it's it's going to be different. Uh, yeah. Yep. There's gonna be a lot of energy up there.
1: They're yeah. going to have to take advantage. I think they're gonna get some turnovers, some good special teams, uh field position. They're gonna to have to take advantage. Last year, they either didn't score, or they got three yeah. as yeah. opposed to seven. Yeah, so right. this year they got to get in the zone. Hope hopefully
0: they can get that done with uh with the running game. I, I actually jumped the gun like a donkey on this game and took it uh took us at eleven. At eight, at, no, at eight and a half. Buying the hook to nine three weeks ago. So I'm sitting at plus nine right now. Homer. <laughs> many, how many how many
2: different separate bets do you have on the buffs as the line has changed?
0: I've got two and I'm waiting I'm waiting <laughs> for the I'm waiting for the money line to come out. I think it's gonna be plus three ninety, and I might just throw something light at that as well. All right, T uh, take us to West Lafayette, Indiana, where the boilermakers are getting three and a half at home against the Penn State Nittany Lions. The over-under in this game is 52-and-a-half.
1: Yeah, man, they're starting off with the little Big Ten uh, conference conference battle here, which is, you know, always interesting. I think that Penn State started off with a conference battle last year. Obviously, Penn State up-and-down season. You know, guys, I'm going with the minus three-and-a-half Penn State. And uh, reason being is because I'm going to go with – you know, some of the things you got to look for early in the season. So you're going to look at the coaching. You're going to look at the talent. You're going to look at who needs to win more. And I think Penn State needs to win more. Now, I'm not saying this isn't going to be a nail biter, but I think at the end of the day, and I do like it more at three than three and a half. You got to buy that. You might want to buy the hook. You might want to buy the hook. Um, But at the end of the day, I think they went by four or seven. You know, uh, maybe Purdue has a chance to win it late. And I could see Penn State coming up with a big INT or a sack. Um Sean Clifford, the quarterback from Penn State, six year senior. So that means he's seen it all. He's played in big games last year. Um, you know, the the record, you know, the guy from uh Purdue, O'Connell, does hold the record for completion percentage, so he's not a slouch. I think there'll be some points scored, but at the end of the day, Penn State needs it more.
0: Bob?
2: Yeah, I mean, I like everything you guys are saying. I, I don't think I'll touch this game, but I think if I did, um, I think I'd lean towards Purdue in the three and a half at home, um, just because I, I think there are a lot of question marks about both these teams. So um, I prefer to take, I prefer to take the points and home field advantage on this one.
0: Uh, I do think that um, that Penn State quarterback, I I believe, got hurt last year uh, in in the Iowa game. They were really dominating Iowa. And uh, he went down, and they just – all the wins came out of that sale. That was a game, I believe, that was on the road. And and you really saw a decline in that Penn State team. But sixth-year senior, um,
1: yeah. Penn State's won nine out of the last – they've won nine out of the last ten. Against Purdue? Yeah, in a row. Oh, or games in a row. Okay. Penn State, Purdue. Penn oh, State's okay. won nine, the last nine.
0: Got it. Yeah, that's going to be a fun game. That game is on tonight. Yeah. Or is it tomorrow night?
1: Tomorrow, Saturday. Tomorrow. Or
0: Friday. Yeah. Okay. Friday. Okay. All right, guys. I'm going to uh, try and get back on track in the Mountain West this week. Not wearing my crown today. I was one and one last week. UNLV easily covered the 21 and a half against Idaho State, but I was dethroned by shit Hawaii. Uh, We're on to Corvallis this week, where Oregon State is giving Boise State three points. The over-under in this game is 57 points. Boise returns seven starters on offense, including senior and four-year starting quarterback Hank Bachmeyer and running back George Helani. Both these players have Power 5 talent, in my opinion. Boise also returns eight starters on defense. That's 15 returning starters from a team that went 7-5 and last year with a one-point loss at home to Oklahoma State and a five-point loss to UCF in the first game of the season. Uh, They were then plagued by injuries on the O-line, and our boy Hank injured his meniscus in a 27-3 win in the fifth game of the year over eventual Mountain West champ Utah State, who pounded Oregon State in the L.A. Bowl last year, 24-13. Hank played through the uh, rest of the season with that meniscus injury, which he had surgically repaired in December. He's healthy and his O-line is healthy, while Oregon State graduated their All-Pac-12 tailback, two of their starting offensive linemen, as well as their best tight end who was picked up by the Houston Texans. They were a pretty run-heavy team last year uh, that returns a starting quarterback who threw 19 touchdowns versus 10 picks last season. I'm all over Boise State getting points in this one. I like them plus three. Uh, And on the money line, I think Hank is going to have a huge start to his senior campaign on Saturday. I've been a fan of him since the first time I saw him play uh, his freshman year. Side note, this will be a sold out stadium at 7.30 p.m. on Saturday night in Corvallis. uh, And that should play uh, to Oregon State's favor. Any thoughts here, gents?
2: You got the inside track on Oregon State's uh, ticket selling.
0: I just I, – I, I've been sitting up late at night excited for college football, just reading up on games, man. I like
2: uh, – no, I like everything you're saying about Boise and the points. And it just selfishly because I want the crown back
0: on your head. <laughs> All right, Bob, take us to Atlanta where the Ducks are getting 17 points against the reigning national champs, the Georgia Bulldogs. The over-under in this game is 53 points.
2: You know, guys, I think this is going to be an exciting game. Uh, obviously, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State; those are kind of the three teams that are all in the talks to, to to win the national championship. And Georgia coming off their their great year last year, but there's just something that seventeen points in the opening game against uh, Oregon. It's not like Oregon's a bad team. I mean, they they're good. They're talented. They got a lot of talent. They're they're I think eleven in the country. That's what they're ranked. I mean, you and. So for me, right now sitting here, I, I like early games, marquee games where there's a ton of points, and I'm going to take the underdogs. I like the Ducks, even though they got to go to Atlanta. That's fine. But 17 points. I mean, I don't think Oregon's going to win, but you know, I think it, this game is is within two scores. So um, I just think I think Oregon can score enough points to uh, to keep it tight enough where 17 will hold.
1: T. Yeah, I agree with Bobby. I mean, this is the first game of the season. So, you know, everybody is, for the most part, going to be healthy. The coaches are going to be dialed in. You know, these boys from Oregon are going to be amped up. We talked about in the Penn State game, who needs it more? Well, this this is conference who needs it more. And yeah. the Pac-12 needs this one bad. Um, so this isn't just Oregon holding the flag for Eugene. This is Oregon holding the flag for the, the Pac-12. Um, like Bobby said, they've got recruits. They've got boys. And um, I think they're a little pissed off. So I don't see them winning it. But I could see, you know, 14-point win, 12, 13-point, something like that.
0: And they've got Bo Nick starting at quarterback in Oregon yes. now, who was, who was at Auburn last year. Yeah. I also believe their head coach was George's defensive coordinator last season, which yes. should give them – an advantage of this game i agree with you guys 17 points is a ton of points um if i take that game i'll probably i'll probably throw it in a teaser with something push that thing up to 23 23 and a half maybe even 24. i like that all right t uh take us to razorback stadium where the cincy bearcats are getting six and a half points the over under in this game is 52.
1: Yeah, I just, uh, this one caught my attention, you guys. Obviously, because Cincy, um, the last two years, has kind of been the darling of college football. We talked about Boise. They're kind of the new Boise. Um, You know, I just think too many losses, too many losses. And it doesn't mean that Cincinnati doesn't have some dogs coming uh, up the ranks. But I just don't think they're going to reload as quickly as some of these other bigger programs Um, I have written here, remember our game in 2000 versus uh, CSU where, you know, we had lost our whole secondary, Bobby, you play, you know, it was, it was, we were eventually going to win, but it was just a lot of change and we were playing a good team. And I think Arkansas, you know, they're coming off of four or five wins from last year, Um, a little bit house money. Uh, I really like their quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, 2,600 passing yards, 21 TDs, 600 yards rushing. That's in the SEC. So now you're going to play Cincy that lost a bunch of guys on defense. You lose your quarterback. You lose uh, the tight end who was legit. I think maybe even a running back. So um, I I just think that I'm going to go with the minus six and a half Arkansas um, you know, Cincy might be able to keep it close for a little while, but I think they win by seven or more. Um, I think they're tighter here hearing about Cincy. Bob, any
0: thoughts on this one?
2: You know, I, I agree with everything T had to say. I think Arkansas is one of the teams in the SEC that's trending in the right direction. Um, and they, I mean, they competed well last year in the SEC um, against some really good teams. So, But just now, after what you just said, Bo, after the, the Oregon conversation now this one i think this is a great one to, if you can tease the arkansas one down Yes right? and it's and, a money and, line i think it's going to be a fight but i think i, I think arkansas is going in the right direction
0: yeah. uh did did uh since he hold their coach or did he go to somewhere did he go to no LSU? he's
1: still there he's still there yeah. he's brian still kelly's there brian kelly's LSU. at that last he's got brian kelly got it all right
0: uh, he's still they all-
1: there they're gonna be all right but um, I, I just think they're not to that point yet where they can lose that much and, and just replace it.
0: I, I like uh, where your head's at. I'm just going to say no matter which way you go on this game, uh, buy the hook or uh, I like yeah. teasing it like Bob said. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's head to the swamp in Gainesville where Florida is getting three points at home against the Utah Utes. The over-under in this game is 51. Utah is coming off a killer season where they're returning most of their offensive production and are now healthy on the back end, which they weren't in the Rose Bowl. Uh, They did well in the transfer portal, getting a stud linebacker from Florida to help replace Devin Lloyd and Nephi Sewell, who they lost to the NFL. Everything I've been reading about this linebacker group is that it's, um, it's one of the, uh, even though with those two losses, it's one of the deepest units on the team florida on the other hand lost a bunch of guys to the portal and has a new head coach from a louisiana lafayette who brought over his entire offensive line from the raging cajuns i think it's going to take some time for this new florida unit to gel although there are some pundits out there calling first year uh, quarterback anthony richardson a long shot to win the heisman and a potential top 10 pick in next year's nfl draft even though he backed up emory jones last season who's the new starting quarterback at Arizona State. You got a Utah team who's proven, uh, who, go- who gave all- Ohio State all they could handle in the Rose Bowl with a running back starting at cornerback in that game. Uh, the only reason this line is minus three is because it's in the swamp. But let's not forget that Utah trains at altitude. I think the road game will be a non-factor for this experienced youth team. I love them minus three. I love them in a teaser with Oregon State or maybe in Arkansas. And uh, a side note here, there's a 40% chance of rain and thunderstorms, which I think plays into Utah's favor with two great tight ends and a strong running game against a questionable uh, front seven on defense for Florida. Uh, any thoughts here uh, on this game, guys?
2: Man, um, I don't – I think this is a trap game for the Pac-12 and, and Utah, honestly. Um First year head coach, he is a Florida guy, even though he came from University of Louisiana. He's a Florida guy. Um, going to the Swamp, who knows what the heat's going to be like, the humidity's going to be like, the weather's going to be like. I just – I mean, for me, I'm not touching it. I just feel like this is a trap game for Utah in the Pac-12 to start the season going to a place like the Swamp.
1: See? Yeah, I think it's a trap game, too. Um yeah, you know, if this was in Utah or a neutral spot, then we've got a, a totally different situation. But you guys know that there's just some places that are foreign. If you're not used to it, you, you know, if, if Utah doesn't have guys on their team, all their guys are middle of the country or West Coast. They don't have guys on their team that are used to going to Florida this time of year, you know, this, the swamp is going to be crazy. Um, I, I just see them having some real troubles hearing. Um, I have some, some, you know, these college kids watch bowl games and they watch the Rose Bowl in particular in the championship game. They know who they're playing. And if I'm Florida after the year they just came off of, I'm, I'm, I'm looking my chops having Utah come to see us this early in the season. Sorry, bro. All right. That's fair. All
0: right. T close us out in Norman um, where the new look Sooners are a 31 point favorite at home against UTEP. The over under in this game is 57 points.
1: Yeah, fellas, um, you know, this is one of those games that I think is bigger than people think because we're trying to figure out what college football is going to be. You know, and OU is supposed to go to the SEC soon. And there's a lot, you know, of tradition and history there. But they took some body punches over the offseason, you know, with Lincoln Riley leaving and and multiple players and everything. So I do think it's going to take them some time to kind of figure some things out. However, I, I think that offense with Dylan Gabriel coming from UCF, Um, is going to be able to put up some points. I think that their defense traditionally struggles early in the season. And UTEP won the last three in 2021 and has some momentum. So I'm actually looking at the over, fellas, on this one. The over 57, I think that maybe UTEP can get 10 points early uh you know first quarter second quarter and then OU starts to catch up pound them and then we're looking at you know like a 35-30 game 42-30 game um but i think the over is the way to go over 57
2: i love the over hell i think oklahoma might beat the over themselves
1: <laughs> yeah they're going to score some points and it's at home and uh but utep's going to score score, yeah. score at least 20 20 points yeah, I love
2: that call, T. That's a good one, man.
0: All right, guys, uh, that's all the time we have for you today. Uh, a little fun fact before we go, Bob. Uh, T. Mentioned we've known each other since high school. We actually ran track against each other our junior and senior years uh, in the mile relay. Uh, so I've known T. Since we were sixteen years old. Yeah, yeah, good man, one.
1: long time, long time. Don't don't say the year. Uh, Uh, you, their team won, I think, did did you guys, you guys beat us, right? We,
0: we got third in CCS my junior year and we got first, uh, I'm sorry, my, my senior year we got first. So yeah, we, we, we got them, but we had, uh. It was was four guys. We never went head-to-head, so I I can't claim
1: that. (laughs) We had me. uh, I was going to see you for football. We had a guy going to Cal for track. The other two were garbage. I love love you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Thanks to all you (laughs) listeners for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please do us a solid and hit that YouTube subscribe subscribe button to stay up to date with future episodes. T- Thank you for coming on. Good luck this weekend, Thank gents, you, and go Buffs. See
2: you boys. Go bus.
0: Go bus. See you.